Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I invite you to take a moment to rate my podcast and click subscribe. This helps people learn about Be the Scandal and gives them the opportunity to join this journey of radical self love. Now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to episode 28 of Be the Scandal. My guest today is coach, consultant, and founder of Lead From Within, Heidi Mitro. At some point in all of our lives, we've outsourced our decision-making, abandoning who we were, and morphing into whatever version of ourselves was most pleasing to those around us. In this episode, Heidi shares what it truly means to lead from within, to gain clarity into what your soul desires, embody confidence, and move authentically along your life's path. Heidi not only teaches this wisdom, but embodies it. And in this conversation, she shares vulnerably about her own journey of leading from within. I'm excited to introduce you to Heidi and the sacred wisdom that radiates through her. Now on to the episode. I am so excited that we finally were able to get together and have this conversation. I knew from the moment I met you and we first connected that we would be having this conversation. Mm. And I'm just excited that it's right now. It's happening. Me too. Thank you. I'm here today with Heidi Mitro, coach and founder of Lead From Within. Heidi, I would love for you to just take a moment and share what that means, Lead From Within, and share a little bit into the magic that you're bringing into the world right now. Oh, I love that. Thank you, sweetheart. I'm so happy to be here. I, You have always had such a soothing presence, and whenever you want to talk, we will make it happen. So thank you. And so lead from within was really this, it birthed through me. (laughs) Uh, It was this idea of, I had tried all of the other things. I had tried finding the answer outside of me. And when I really was in a position to tap that inner knowing, that inner wisdom, uh, I was astounded by how much easier my life became. And so I think that when we rest and who we already are, and we let that come up to the surface and we lead from that place. And really it's about women and people being the truest expression of themselves and then collaborating. And so inside of Lead From Within, it really is about accessing your deepest knowing, your most sacred self, and then getting busy. (laughs) Like, let's, let's use that inner magic and see what happens. So the three tenets of leading from within are confidence, clarity, and direction. And in order to embody those tenets, we have to go to their opposites. So you have to feel lost. You have to feel mm-hmm. unclear. You've got to feel that confusion and the doubt. And we make friends and peace with that. And and the core, like uh, the physiology that comes with that as well. And mm-hmm. it's um, it's this big journey within. When I'm curious, one of the first questions that comes up for me, since you mentioned this was birthed from your own lived experience, like Mm -hmm. how did you know, or maybe it was a moment in time or your body was communicating, how did you know that something needed to change and you needed to go within? Mm. I've been a really sensitive person my whole life. Like I was born, I feel like I was born in a hot sun without skin at times, right? Where you're just so mm-hmm. aware and mm-hmm. hyper aware. And I just assumed everyone was that way. I assumed that 
when people would walk into a room, they would literally feel it out. They would feel the same way that I do. And so as a kid, I I made people uncomfortable unintentionally. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I had a a big imagination. I had a lot of ideas. I have been told since jump that I think too much and I couldn't figure out how to stop. Like that yeah. is the worst thing you can say to someone who thinks a lot. And it mm-hmm. um being who I was was a liability. And so you kind of learn to perform, right? Like you learn to mm-hmm. be pleasing. You learn to figure out what someone else's buttons are and push them in order to be accepted. And that works for a certain amount of time, but there's so much abandonment that happens. And so I did go through a period of depression and anxiety. And now I'm really sweet friends with those depression feelings and those anxious feelings because I know they're helping me course correct. So I don't Mm -hmm. fear them the same way. I haven't, I don't pathologize them uh, the same way that they were to me. They're Mm -hmm. cues. They're, um, they're waving me home now. And so in my twenties, I was able to learn more about nutrition and meditation and how can I collaborate with my body instead of being against it, instead of being competitive. And so it's really been, it's been a journey home. It's been a journey of, we we talk about the three different phases where it's self-awareness and then Mm -hmm. it's self-acceptance and the deepest version is that self-reverence. And Mm -hmm. so getting to those through those phases of like, this is who I am. There's no, I can't be any other (laughs) thing. I've tried (laughs) and I was good Mm -hmm. at it to a certain amount of time. Mm. But then going, wait a minute, like I like her. And not only do I like her, I'm really, I love her. I'm really curious about her. Mm -hmm. And when she, when I, she is free to be the fullest expression, it life is easier. It still has challenges, but it's not there isn't the compound challenge, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's so much standing out for me. And I jotted some notes just while you were talking of things I wanted to make sure I named. Mm. And I just want to be present right now in the energy of going from being who I am as a liability. That one, mm-hmm. I mean, that energy of that hit me so deeply mm-hmm. to the energy of, wait, I'm going to actually collaborate with my body and who I am and learn how to love myself in this space. I just mm-hmm. want to just get to the energy of those contrasting, I'll say moments in time. Mm-hmm. And physiologies in time. And I have a background in philosophy, but I also have a background in body work. And so... Mm-hmm. I worked with primarily business owners and high achievers in my bodywork practice and what they were saying and what their bodies were saying didn't match. And when you aren't in that congruent space, the level of stress is so high. And then we're using self-care as a distraction tool. We're using Mm self-care as a way to still disassociate. <laughs> and I think right. dissociation is a, a coping mechanism that yes, we need to have access to it. I, I do believe that there mm-hmm. are times and spaces where that's appropriate, but if that's mm-hmm. our every single day where yeah. I'm going to go for a run, so I don't have to feel, I'm going to go, you know, take a bath. So I don't have to feel it's like, no, no, if we can use those tools to feel more deeply, mm-hmm. if we can access the wisdom of our physiology, instead of avoiding it, Mm-hmm. But it, you really do need to have kind of that liaison of well, what is it saying? Right. <laughs> and so that's what Lead From Within is really about is it's you say it so beautifully. It's about naming the experience. 
mm-hmm. and truly having a, a strategy, but not a strategy to take you away from yourself, a strategy for you to go deeper within. Right. Yeah. And to be more curious into what is actually going on. I mean, you name this, right? That depression, anxiety. I'll speak in my own practice. So many Mm -hmm. people have come to me, even with these diagnoses and they fit that criteria, right? And at the core of what is actually going on is what I like to say, like your soul is out of alignment. You're in your soul's misaligned. You're mm-hmm. out of integrity with who you actually truly are and who you want to be and how you want to be moving mm-hmm. through the world and how you're actually moving through the world. There's that right. disconnect. Yep. Yeah. And there isn't enough, <laughs> there aren't enough tools on the planet for you to become someone else in order to be in harmony with a misalignment. You can't, you can't out strategize a misalignment. <laughs> Is the short way to say that. <laughs> oh man, I just want to say I have cried, and it sounds like maybe you have too. Too, I have really tried to like outsmart that misalignment, yes. and I like how you said out strategize. I really tried, and I just couldn't. <laughs> Thank God, though, because how wonderful yeah. that you can. There's such a relief in mm. that checks and balances of mm-hmm. like. <laughs> And we're talking about checks and balances in our country right now. And it matters to have your soul be in cahoots with your body, to be in cahoots with your smart brain, to have congruency amongst them. And how wonderful to have the system that won't let you override BS. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of it like that. Those are the moments like when my body is screaming to me, for me at one point in my life, it looked like a panic attack. My first one, it was like my intuition was like, if you're not going to listen to these other cues Mm -hmm. and including these body cues, I'm going to give you this really big one. So you have to pay attention and you have to be present in the truth of what is. And sometimes that truth is exactly like you've mentioned what we're wanting to avoid. Maybe it is the emotion or maybe it is, Oh, I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be in this mm-hmm. job. I don't want to live here, whatever that truth might be. And that is difficult to one, be aware of, right? And to learn how do I sit in the space of the truth? Yes. And what's the physiology of the truth? And it really is like that step one, we talk a lot about inside lead from within of the first person you have to tell the truth to is yourself. Yes. And mm-hmm. when you are in harmony with that truth with yourself, that's brave. That takes a lot of courage. And the root word of courage is heart. And that's sometimes like the truth will break your heart. And that's okay. It's creating more pieces for you to cope with. (laughs) I think of a broken heart as really like a heart expansion. Like you're breaking because it, there's different jobs for those pieces. And I, when women say, when I say to them, like, what do you really want? I don't know. It's like, yeah, you really do. (laughs) You either think that you can't have it, you don't already have it, so you think you're a failure, but you do actually know. And knowing the truth and acting on the truth are two different skill sets and two different timeframes. And it matters. I mean, being in harmony with yourself is like, it has to be step one. It just does. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I just want to go back a second because I just have never heard someone describe a broken heart in that way. And I just Mm -hmm. really want to highlight that in this moment because that really landed for me. I'm like, oh, even Mm -hmm. 
my words, but like, oh, this maybe makes it a little bit more digestible for me to be able mm. to go to this part of my heart, to that part, to this part. Sure. So just to name that because I wanted to invite the listeners to just take a moment in that energy. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I've not said it that way before. And that's why I love having conversations like that. But it's really, it's true for me. It's like the the trying to hold something together takes more effort. It takes more, you're overriding than to let something break. Right. And it's, what is the, it's a Buddhist saying, I think of like, you, you don't really grieve the the glass because once you have the glass, you, you have already accepted that the glass is going to break. And so you're just so grateful for your experience with the whole glass because you know it will shatter. And so you're not trying to like prevent it from shattering. You're using it. You are, you're within it. But I, I think a broken heart, I mean, I've been broken hearted a lot, but I, I find that it does increase my compassion. It increases my curiosity. It increases my human experience. I don't need a whole lot of heartbreak right now. Like I'm good. I've had some, <laughs> like, I would like to learn how to use these pieces. I am not inviting anything, whoever's listening. Um, but I, I, I wonder about that, right? Yeah. You know, what's coming up for me right now, just hearing you say that is again, agreeing with you. Like, please, can I just chill for a second? <laughs> yeah, heart need a break. Break. <laughs> but I really like, I've, I came to this truth this was a few months ago, but I really feel like one of my most radical acts of self-love has been mending and supporting the emotional pain that came with my broken heart and grief. Yeah. You know, when my dad passed away and I just really yeah. had that realization that, oh, that was what really radically shifted my self-love was being able to show mm-hmm. up and support myself and be present in that broken heartedness. Yeah. I just wanted to name I'm that. standing in the middle of that. Yeah. And standing in that place of feeling shattered or feeling it's very loss is very disorienting. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and now I'm just wondering, because now my philosophy brain and now I'm like, I wonder <laughs> <laughs> but when like we're that. standing in that shattered place and you've got these pieces of your heart around you, I do think they still are leading you deeper. I think they still are leading you home. And what if those pieces get planted, right? What if those pieces are the next layer of your love for yourself. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that word collaboration and collaborating yeah. with yourself in every moment, that's what comes up for me when I receive what mm, you just I love said. that. And collaboration mm-hmm. for me, that's a core value of mine of mm-hmm. I get to show up exactly as me. You get to show up exactly as you. And what is the synergy of the moments that we're connecting? And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I want to teach that. That is what I teach. Being in cahoots with yourself and in collaboration with others, it it creates for such a dynamic (laughs) exchange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that I just really love about you, and I know you spoke Mm. to this about how this work was birthed from your own experience, but I just Mm. really love how you are living what you're teaching. So it's not Mm. just like you're this guru out here and saying, I know the way, you know, here, follow me. You're saying, (laughs) oh, I found a way. And that was through coming back home to myself. Let me support mm-hmm. and empower you in coming home to yourself. So I mean, you are that. the expert in your own self. Yeah. And so, yes, there are tools and skills that you can learn. But ultimately, this is really about your relationship with yourself. And I, mm-hmm. 
in our home, like I have a, a partner, Mike, and we've got three kiddos and two dogs and a whole lot of all the things, but it's the, the intention in our home is that everybody gets to be exactly as they are mm. and you get your way most of the time. <laughs> like there is, there is a way for us to have a, a win, 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 win all the way around, but mm. it does require you to show up as you. And yeah. it's a, it's an expectation in our home that you belong. You do not have to fit in. Like that's just too stressful, but mm-hmm. showing up as you, and I, it's, it's been a real healing experience. I think all the way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think how could it not be to be able yeah. to offer that love without conditions? Yeah. Yes. And I think it's the, I think we're in a season of cycle breaking. I think that there's a lot of the women that I work with are the cycle breakers in their family. They're the ones that are Mm -hmm. questioning the status quo that they were raised in. They're the ones going, Mm -hmm. yeah, we've always done it this way, but no one's real happy about it. (laughs) um, I checked all the boxes. I did all the things that I was supposed to do and yet I'm not happy. And there's like this elusiveness of happiness. And we round it out like happiness is just one color in the wheel, right? Like, yes, you should have moments of happiness and experiences of happiness. But the women that I work with are the cycle breakers. They are the ones going, I don't think that this is right anymore. And they have to get to a certain season of life. Usually it's like, you know, mid 30s to mid 50s where they're going, I think I got sold some BS here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Now what do I do? But that is a very exciting, dynamic time to make change. It's super scary, but what else are you going to do while you're here? Like, let's, <laughs> what else like are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to not do it. It would be harder for me to not do it. Right. And I think that that's a hard place to be in for a lot of people, just going with what we've already named of, okay, I'm getting mm-hmm. enough communications, whether it is physiologically, <laughs> um, just even like emotionally, spiritually, like saying, yeah. I can no longer uphold these programs or these systems that I don't even align with. So you're at that threshold as Francis Weller speaks to it, right? Where you're no longer that person that you once were, not quite yet that person that you're becoming. Mm-hmm. And that can be a difficult place to stand in that in-between space that what Francis Weller speaks to as the ripening, but we Mm. have to choose to ripen here because there's a lot that can happen at this threshold, a lot of suffering. The ripening is in the choice. Wow. Yeah. We call it the sacred crossroads where it's like that, that space in between. I love the, the ripening as a choice really hit me. I was like, oh man, like you can choose not to, (laughs) like there's a, then you're dying on the vine, right? Like, but this is, I feel like I was born with a compulsion to ripen. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I am going to be a, the juiciest damn peach ever. Like, I, how could you, why would you not? Yeah. And yet I really genuinely understand there is a fundamental risk at hand. There is a, yeah. a, a tribal risk. There is a root chakra vulnerability. There is a second chakra mm-hmm. liability. Like, who am I without my, my people. And even if those people have not been historically healthy, even if your job hasn't been historically healthy, um, Mm -hmm. it's a risk Mm -hmm. again. What else are you going to do while you're here? Cause I don't want, I want to get to the the last breath and go, I wasn't done. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's, yeah. I didn't read it all. I, oh God, there's more to do. And then I'm super curious to see what happens in the next. Maybe I'll get to read all of them in the next, right? Like, <laughs> there's so many books to read. Yeah. <laughs> so I think many we're kindred. Met yet. Yeah. We're definitely kindred spirits in that. I mm. feel that energy too. Sometimes people are like, Danny, yo, chill. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm moving. I'm expanding. And yeah, I guess my question for you is like, if yeah. someone is at that sacred crossroads right now, what advice or what support do you have for that person that is saying, okay, no longer want to do this. This doesn't align with me. And yeah. I'm here in this ripening space. Yeah. Really the very first step is to stand in it. Mm. don't bounce. We say that a lot in my group program Mm -hmm. of don't bounce, stay right here for a beat because it's the women that I work with are doers. And so it's very easy then to just go, I'll do all these other things, but there's never Mm -hmm. the integration. There isn't the, um, there's a lot of growth without the depth. And I think that's really dangerous in the personal development space of like, a lot of women are top heavy. Their brains are full. They have all the achievements, but they don't have that foundational uh, stability, that foundational vibration. And so I would really encourage you to, to be in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go more fully into that space. There's possibility in that liminal space, but that does require a knowing of your physiology. And you might very well have a panic attack there. You might very well have the breakdown there. You might cry for days. You might feel completely out of control and control for a lot of the women that I work with, they are control freaks. And I mean that very reverently, Sure. but when you have to be in control, it's because you really don't have trust. And Mm. that confidence, what we talk about inside lead from within the root word of confidence is FID, which means to trust. And that trust without immediate proof, that's what faith is. Right. And having a faith within yourself, having a faith in nature, if you're really stuck, if you're really like, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. I would love for you to think about the last time you doubted if the sun was going to come up. Yeah. If you were really sitting at home going, oh my God, I hope the sun comes up. Holy crap. I hope, <laughs> I hope summer actually <laughs> follows spring. Like when was the last time you really worried about any of that? We don't, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we assume we're going to be stuck in a perpetual winter. We assume we're going to be stuck in a perpetual season. This is a long answer, but I would have them sit in it and then Mm -hmm. take their cues from nature. Yeah. And the first thing I want to say to that is, of course, I agree, you know, in my psychotherapy practice, like that is something that we learn how to do. How do we widen our capacity to sit Mm -hmm. and be in our emotions and this other part though comes in, people don't like that answer. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's fine. You don't have to. Yeah. But you, you probably tried all of the other ones. Yeah, exactly. Like, have you actually tried this one? You might yeah. intellectually know, but have mm-hmm. you physiologically done it? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just went through this again. It's such an ego hit, but I was real busy with, you know, there's a lot of things that went down during COVID. There's a lot of things that have gone down just like, from a, an equity standpoint. And there, it seems like there are multiple fires raging all the time. And right. I was really navigating. I was, you know, doubling back down on my self-care, doing all the things. And mm-hmm. I went to see a somatic healer of mine and she was like, 
And I told her everything that I had been doing. And she goes, yeah, but have you sat in it? And I was like, yep. And then I did this. And then I, and she goes, Heidi. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And she goes, did you sit yeah. in it? And I bawled. I just mm-hmm. bawled. It was like, yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. But it, it's still, it's that evolution. We call it learning in a labyrinth, right? You're going to do the same thing and you're going to take it a level deeper and you're going to meet yourself again. And I know they don't like that answer, but you are, my people are not hiring me to like my answers. They're hiring me because (laughs) they know that there's a different way to do it. And, and the investment's a big one. And so Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll do it. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you say that people aren't hire, well, I'll use my language like, hey, you're not hiring me to coddle you. You know, if what right. you were doing <laughs> was working for you, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So exactly. we need to expand and challenge. And for me, that is me communicating love for those people that I'm working with. Like, I love you enough to tell you the truth about yes. what needs to happen and to support you in being present in that truth, even if it is, oh, I just need to cry and it's going to be a big, ugly cry for 30 minutes. It's going to feel like a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm building trust with my system in those moments, like you're saying of, oh, I got mm-hmm. myself. It's yes. going to feel really big. Parts of me are like, no, d- you know, don't feel that it's too big, but it's actually never too big. Our bodies know exactly what mm-hmm. they need to do. Oh, can we put that on repeat? It's never too big. Yeah. And it does feel like you're going to go over the edge. Like mm-hmm. this Christina who was like, have you sat in it? It was a couple of days later and I literally just, I could not work. <laughs> right. I could not pick up a pen and I sat on my couch. It was one of the last couple of days of school and I just, I wept and I shook and I held myself mm-hmm. and I just, there was nothing left to do, but feel. Right. And that is so brave. And you do feel like you might mm-hmm. die. You you feel like you might come apart at the seams. You feel like this, this is going to be the cry that kills you. <laughs> yeah. And there's mm-hmm. nothing funny about it, but it is so, you will get to the other side. You will get to the other side. You will get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll trust yourself more on the other side because you don't abandon yourself in those moments. You don't drink it away. You don't eat it away. You don't sleep with someone it away. You sit in that sacredness Mm -hmm. and it's life affirming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling my emotions in this moment of just Mm -hmm. the resonance of those words. And Mm -hmm. for me, sitting with myself in that emotional pain is me communicating to myself that I love myself, of course, and that I am worthy to not be abandoned in this pain. Because so many times in our life, I'll say it like this, actually, some of the most traumatic moments in our life are those moments when we felt big emotional pain and we were alone in it. And we actually needed someone to maybe not even say anything, but just be right there and be a presence Mm -hmm. and help us hold it. And that's at least the way I view it with myself now of I'm not going to abandon myself and I'm going to hold it with these parts of me that are maybe holding the grief or holding the anxiety or whatever that big emotion is that sometimes feels overwhelming. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to speak into that. That felt like it just wanted to pour out of me just mm-hmm. then. Yes. And it, it reminds me of a story of my daughter, Ivy, when she was maybe she was under two 
And she was inconsolable. I absolutely could not. She was just weeping, mouth open, standing in the middle of our dining room, just weeping. And whenever I would go to comfort her, she would push me away. And it got, the volume was so loud. And I was, I covered my ears and she just screamed louder. Mm. And I finally found the sweet spot of where I could sit and witness her and right. still have some distance to respect the the magnitude of what she was experiencing. And she just kept going. And I just, mm-hmm. I had my hands out and I was just like holding. And she, she like hit this crescendo and came all the way down and she walked over to me and she sat in my lap and she <laughs> verbalized, that was a big one, huh? And I was like, that was a big one, honey. And then she was like done. I swear she was weeping for the entire freaking planet. Like it was just this release of emotion. And I am so proud of her in that moment. I am so proud of myself in that moment because Mm -hmm. it was one of those like would have been very easy just to like put her in her room, (laughs) close the door till she was done or like freak out and yell. And I just, it's something came over me. It was a very reverent moment of just witness her. Yeah. There is nothing for you to do. And it was a separation of us. It was an individuation of both of us, but it was also a, I can handle, I'm a good mom. I I can sit in this. And she is, she is, she's nine now (laughs) and she knows herself. She is loving it. It's amazing. Well, and I just want to highlight this piece that Mm. in that moment when you took some space and still sat with her, so you didn't abandon her in that bigness, Mm -hmm. you, my words, so correct them if they don't feel like they land right, but you were giving her space and saying, I trust you. I -hmm. trust your body to take care of this, to support you in this. And so what you did in that moment was really helping her learn to trust herself that, woo, that was a big one. And I'm, I'll say closing the loop. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, after those moments, I'm like, okay, no, moving on, you know, and And she was, it was just done. And I was like, yeah, hold on. Now I got to (laughs) go. Can you watch me now? Because I don't know what just happened, but yeah, there's a, that, that resonates of she, and she does trust herself. And she's got language for it. I feel really proud of the language that all three of my kiddos have to name how they're feeling. And, mm-hmm. and for me and Mike to name how we're feeling too. It's not all roses. It's like, if you're a fly on the wall, <laughs> there's a lot of talking. Oh my God. There's a lot of talking. There's so yeah. many words at our house. <laughs> so many words. Um, yeah. And just hearing you say that, you know, though we're laughing, I'm thinking, you know, how beautiful that is though, because there's a lot of spaces where we feel like we can't speak the words that actually do need to be spoken and, mm-hmm. or, and, or we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust the voice, our voice, the vulnerability in our voice to speak mm. them when they actually do need spoken. Yeah. And I think the, what's really interesting about the environment and I'm like verbalizing this as we're going in my family is like my family of five in the Metro household it is safe. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it just takes us a while to match 
the words with the environment. And that isn't necessarily how I grew up. It was like the words aren't safe and the space isn't safe. So I'll just be quiet in my room. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and the, a side note, my kids feel real safe to say all the things. Like I recently got, got called bossy at the kitchen table (laughs) and it was this whole weird exchange of, they saw me speak to Mike Ivy saw me speak to my partner, Mike, in a way that made her feel a certain kind of way. And she let me know. And it sparked, Mm -hmm. I was, it was like this tribunal at the kitchen. I was like super defensive and I sat in it. I held it. And then I took the Mm -hmm. night to kind of like consider what they had said. And we ended up having a really beautiful follow-up conversation where I did own where I was feeling like they were right. And it also cued me in that when things come out sideways, it's because I haven't been direct. And so I was communicating mm-hmm. to Mike in a way that was full of resentment because I didn't have the language or it hadn't formulated yet. It was like, but my boundaries are being crossed here <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're not actually co-leading in, in other areas of our life. And so it was a really beautiful opportunity to take accountability and responsibility and then commit back to our values. And that is exactly what I teach inside of my group because Mm -hmm. we have to lead and we have to co-lead. Like, I think that's how we're going to get this ship righted. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and that starts with knowing yourself, right? And like you mentioned, like knowing my values and like knowing when I want to speak up, knowing when it you want to express that thing that is alive inside of you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm reflecting based on what you said about your childhood and then also Ivy and the energy and the environment you're creating within your family. It's like a lot of Mm -hmm. us haven't grown up in these spaces Mm -hmm. where we have actually had support to cultivate that trust within. Right. And that inner trust, I mean, that that's the stuff that needs teaching. Right. And it, for some women inside Lead From Within, it's like they are gulping it down. They're gulping down this information because it isn't anything they don't know. It's just right. like ringing the bells that have already been there and dusting off the bells and going, I, I know this to be true. Mm-hmm. And then you they get to live it. And the lived mm-hmm. experience is the confirmation. Because right. we talk about confidence as a method of travel, and then the experiences that you have give you confirmation. But if you're waiting for the experiences to give you confidence, you're in trouble mm. because the confidence comes first. The, the trust of self, that sacred connection to yourself means that you can handle it even if it doesn't go your way, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, you know, they're, they have this imposter syndrome thing going on because they act like they trust themselves, but they don't. And I think that's that space in between. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think we are mm, presented a lot of filler information or surface level <laughs> information of this is how you are confident, you know, and yeah. it's not actually creating those deep roots that you're naming and mm-hmm. creating that sacred trust within yourself. We're still not doing the deeper work here. Right. And it is the, it's one of the reasons I retreat with my women and it's one of the reasons that we treat retreat with these beautiful white pines because we can stand in this labyrinth space and it's literally a a laid out labyrinth. It's beautiful. And we are, the ground is held together by the roots of the white pines. And so when you look up at how tall these trees are and you realize that the roots are as deep 
and you can't see those. Sometimes you can, right? Like they come up and they like snake around and they make like cool patterns on the surface. But think about how held together this forest is, right? And it we get to have that within ourselves too. And that's the stuff that's not shown on Instagram. That's the stuff that's not shown mm-hmm. to the public. That's the inner workings. And if we it's it's a similar thing of like if we worked as hard at hard excuse me, if we worked as hard as we do for a wedding as we did for a marriage, right? (laughs) If Mm -hmm. we worked as hard Mm -hmm. on our inner life as we do on our Instagram reels, that it's a, things would shift pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is that resistance to that for putting in the work Mm -hmm. that could actually be really expansive? I think some of it is like familial, (laughs) I think for me, the inner work required that I recognize that my family of origin and some of the status quo ways that I was raised was limited. And that can create that sense of destabilization. And so for me, having a sense of my physiology was a game changer. Like being in massage school and actually learning about my endocrine system, learning about my nervous system, learning about how my body is like I already knew that it was made of stardust, right? <laughs> but the, having the the understanding of how my body was going to process information, right. I think the resistance comes some from lack of education, truly, on like how your body is actually wired, how your mm-hmm. enteric nervous system works. But I think some of it is it take it's a risk to to say hell no to the status quo and yeah. to live in a way that works for you. I think it physiologically makes people really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The phrase that comes up, I recorded a podcast episode on this recently, but it's like being that sacred rule breaker and breaking that status quo. And that does take a lot of courage, you know, and trust within yourself. And, but I figure if it's going to suck, it might as well, I might as well take the steps (laughs) for it to have it suck in my favor. (laughs) Like if I'm going to have to have discord somewhere, I'm yeah. going to choose discord with someone else over discord with myself because mm-hmm. I have to be with me all the time. Right. And I can handle discord with someone else. I truly, my body now is refined enough that it doesn't take a whole lot for me to need course correcting. It's like, mm-hmm. why am I getting even more sensitive? It's like, well, because you were tolerating a lot of crap before. And you're in a space now where you have a system that's fine tuned. Mm-hmm. And so you, that's a lovely thing. That's a sign of health. It's a sign of growth. But I would rather yeah. risk being at odds with someone else than being at odds with myself. The The price tag's too high. Mm. Well, and I'm just thinking of what you said earlier about your own journey and how mm-hmm. you've reconnected with yourself and just honoring in this moment that you mm-hmm. can say that right, right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about one of the biggest obstacles to self-love, your inner critic. We all know what it's like to feel overpowered and overwhelmed by this part of us. You know that part of you that likes to be critical and whispers things to you like you're not good enough, you're a failure, and reminds you of all the things that you've done wrong. Learning how to manage this negative inner dialogue is vital in the journey to radical self-love. So if you're looking for support in taming your own inner critic, I invite you to download my free offering, Sacred Compassion. 
In my work as a psychotherapist, I found compassion to be the antidote to that pesky inner critic and the key to connecting to sustainable self-love. If you're wanting access to this free download, all you need to do is follow the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. Yeah. It feels good. It's a I really mm. like myself. I really enjoy mm. I really enjoy being me. There's challenges and there's like, ah oh, crap, this is like we're doing this one again. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would not trade lives with anyone on the planet. It's too interesting. It's too, I'm too curious about like, Mm -hmm. where's this going to go? How is this going to unfold? You know, when you're saying that I agree in the sense of like, I have found this love for myself that I've never had before. And so what you're saying is hitting me and landing in a way of Agreeance, like, oh, yeah, I feel that too. And then I have another part of me that's just saying, you know, people think this is a pipe dream, what we're speaking to. They think there doesn't exist or, oh, there's no way I could attain that. And so I just was curious have you found that in some of the women that you work with that, Mm -hmm. like, the idea of what we're saying, but are like, that can't happen for me? Yep. Then you're right. Um, (laughs) like I, I truly cannot convince that I, I, that isn't, you're right. I say this to entrepreneurs who come to me where it's like, if I tell you that I don't think you're going to be successful and you agree with me, you need to go get a straight job. If I say to you, (laughs) I don't think you're going to be successful. And they're like, oh yeah, then I know then, okay, let's go. And some of that is antagonistic, some of it's contrarian, but if you genuinely are committed to the idea that it's a pipe dream, I, you're, you really are right. And I went through this, it was with a therapist. This was before I had kids. So it was probably like 15 or 16 years ago. And I was in a job that I hated and my body was rebelling and I knew it, but I didn't have, I was like, well, what else am I going to do? Like, I, I, I can't change jobs again. I can't keep doing the same thing. And she encouraged me to write a a list of the qualities of my dream job. And I wouldn't do it. I was too afraid that my dream job didn't exist. And I didn't think that I could handle the disappointment of not having it. And so I didn't write it down. And every week I would go back and she would say, did you make your list? I was like, no, I didn't. And then I finally made the list. I am absolutely 100% living my dream job. (laughs) my dream life, my, is it hard? Is it scary? Is it like, I'm in a real season of growth, which is destabilizing. And it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. dang it. And having the courage, again, that root word of courage is heart, listening to my heart, giving her voice going, you can tell me anything. You can trust Mm me. And I, I promise you that I will help you to do this. And it was, I want to teach. I want to be in a job where I can continue to learn. I want to be with people who don't make me feel crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. being the right person in the right room is such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how did we meet? This is crazy, right? Like, (laughs) I know how we met through the program, the other program that where we connected, but it was like (laughs) being in the right room with the right people makes, it's affirming. And so that 20 whatever year old girl who risked writing it down, and it took her a while because I really, I didn't think I could have it. And I really didn't want to live in the physiology of disappointment. I didn't have that language then. Right. But once I finally did, it, it was like, please just show me how. 
mm-hmm. and I'll trust you. And it just was one breadcrumb and another breadcrumb and another breadcrumb. And it, here I am in the next iteration of that. Mm. It is possible. Yeah. And what was that turning point for you that really switched you to be open to those desires and being present in, okay, there might be disappointment, but I'm Mm -hmm. wanting to lean more into being open to my desires and even naming them. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's, I would love for it to be this like epiphany moment, but I believe that epiphanies take time. (laughs) And then there's like that. It's like, if you think of a bucket of water, And there's a drop and another drop and another drop and another drop. Eventually, you'll get enough drops where that bucket will overflow. But it took me a long – and we only focus, by the way, on that one drop that overflows the bucket. We get real – that drop's real (laughs) sexy. (laughs) It's the the 10th drop that nobody talks about. It's the 15th drop. The 5 millionth drop is the one that gets the attention. Mm -hmm. But I've started to really love – the girl who stuck with the 11th drop, who made right. the list, who went to therapy, who mm-hmm. risked it, who in those private moments journaled about it again, who took the risk to go, I think I want to go in this direction, to not listen to the naysayers. Like it's mul- mm-hmm. epiphanies are a multitude of decisions. Right. And whenever someone would say, I don't think that's the right decision for you, and I was like, no, that you do no. That was always affirming for me. Took me a while mm-hmm. to realize it. The naysayers are really helpful. If you listen to what they're saying and you have a physiological, uh-uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have an answer. So I, I think we get, again, that five millionth drop is real sexy, but mm-hmm. it's the 11th drop, the first drop, the 20th drop. It's micro decisions that make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful that you spoke into that because I think that is an important thing to speak into because yeah. what we're doing is we're widening our window of tolerance to persevere, to not give up on mm-hmm. ourselves, to sit right. in whatever comes with putting one step or one mm-hmm. foot in front of the other. And that is something I'll speak for myself that I've had to learn to not give up on oh. myself. Yes. And I think that not giving up on yourself, like, (laughs) it doesn't mean I don't quit. It just Mm -hmm. means that it doesn't stick where it's like, how many times have we, you know, would be so much easier to just go get a straight job. Yeah. It doesn't happen as often, but how often is it like, it would just, sure it would be easier to quit, but I'm just going to have to start over with someone else. Right. Like how many times Mike and I have been in, I don't know, five or six different marriages with each other (laughs) where Mm -hmm. it's like, it would be real easy. I'm out. It's really interesting when you stay for the next level. It's really interesting when you let the tea steep. How many of you are tea drinkers and you like drink it right away versus give it a freaking minute. <laughs> let the tea steep and let the complexity show up. Let the let the tea steep. Mm-hmm. I don't even drink tea, but I think that's real. <laughs> it's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, sounds real. (laughs) I drink tea on retreat because the place that we make or the place that we go, they serve tea with every meal, which I think is lovely and darling. And um, and it's delicious. But I don't want the tea with only one bag and it's been in for a minute. Want a full bodied experience. (laughs) 
(laughs) And that comes back to that ripening piece. How do I be Mm -hmm. present in the ripening, in the journey of my own becoming? And I think that because we celebrate the end result of things, so like the time of this recording, like it's summer here in the Midwest. And so everything is in bloom. You go to the farmer's market and it's full, but where the magic has still happened is in February when the fields are covered in snow and no one's really celebrating that. But that is also where epiphanies happen. That's also where transformation happens is can you be okay in the middle of freaking February in Wisconsin? Knowing, can you trust that the food is still going to show up? Can you trust that you're, you're going to get to swim in that frozen river? I do trust nature. I thank God for nature. Thank God we are nature. Thank God we have those cycles. But can you love the zucchini when it's buried under eight feet of snow as a plant, you know? Mm-hmm. And not try to dig it up and allowing right. it to sprout and grow. And I mean, because that seems crazy. I'm not a farmer, but you know, I mean, it seems crazy how we do want that immediate result when we're just planting something. <clears throat> so we need to tend to it. And like you're saying, trust it because mm-hmm. I don't want to eat a zucchini seed. Right. And I mean, that's exactly how Lead From Within is constructed. So every cycle has a theme and it's correlated with what's happening in nature. We talk about moon cycles. We talk about like when we're not goal setting in February inside Lead From Within. That's germination time. That's when all of the farmers in this part of the world are getting their catalogs. They're planning, they're plotting. Now, yeah, you want to talk goals? Let's do it. We've got the energy. We've got the daylight. <laughs> but we we do not goal set in January when it's freaking freezing here. It's, we're using the natural rhythm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking we have to slow down enough to be present Mm. in the natural rhythm and to see it Mm -hmm. and to feel it and to honor it. And coming back to ourselves is the way that we do that. Being present, like you say, the physiology and present with ourselves. Yes. And it it does require that rebellion. (laughs) It does require that I'm not I'm not doing it the way that I that everyone says I'm supposed to. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like you just opened the door for this question. I'm loving (laughs) asking my guests at the end of each episode, what is your current sacred rebellion? Because I already know you're a sacred rebel. So what's your current rebellion? Oh man, now we're, it's expanding my business. It's, um, Mm -hmm. it's bringing in employees. It's bringing in team. It's bringing in doing business in a different way. Um, it's equity centered. It is, it's flow centered. It's nature centered. It is leader centered. And Mm -hmm. it's this, we're not going to do business as usual. That isn't how we're going to flow. And I, it scares me. It makes me nervous. It makes my face do this like weird thing. Like, Oh God, we're growing again. And, um, but it's the right people in the right room. I feel I feel compelled. I my business is compelling me forward. And I, I do believe that our businesses reveal us back to ourselves. And adding team is my current mm-hmm. sacred rebellion because I always thought like I should be able to do it on my own. And it is so much mm-hmm. more fun when you don't. It's it's so much more interesting. It's so much more diverse. It's so much fuller. But I refuse to do business as usual. It's mm-hmm. It's revolutionary the way we're going to do business inside Lead From Within. 
Mm. Thank you for speaking into that and sharing that sacred Mm. rebellion because it is Mm. a rebellion. Mm, thank you. Thanks for giving me the space to talk about it. It's one of those things that like my clients know and it happens behind closed doors, but it's uh it's out there now. It's very <laughs> it's exciting and when you give it language and breath and have another sacred set of eyes on it, it brings it more real. I'm glad your eyes are on it. Thank you. Mm. Well, you know, it's interesting because as you were saying that I had a moment where I was like, Oh, that's my sacred rebellion too right now. And so just Mm -hmm. hearing, I'm obviously glad I asked you that question, but just hearing your response Mm. and allowing it to land in my body is Mm. that confirmation for me that one, maybe to connect with you after this. Yeah, for sure. I was just going to say, when are we talking again? Um, And also that like our sacred rebellions are so individual individualize and they can change with season to season, you know, and so just honoring the seasons and the season mm-hmm. that you're in right now. Thank mm, you. Thank you. And this is the, this is the life that I wanted a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, yeah. And now we go deeper and then we go deeper and then we go deeper and it's, it's exciting. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for this. I just appreciate you so much. I feel really mm-hmm honored to be in shared space. You're such a beautiful human and divine being. And thank you for sharing your gift. Really, truly. I'm going to take a moment and fully receive that. It's been something I've been trying to do is be intentional and just letting that land. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Oh, of course. <laughs> so sweet. I like thank that you for letting yourself too. be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that w- being seen is that's rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a whole nother episode in itself. I was gonna say, when are we talking again? <laughs> I'm like, put a pin in that because, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. part two. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if someone's wanting to connect with you, learn more about Lead from Within, what are you doing yeah. right now, and where can they find yeah. you? Oh, we've got room inside our sacred circle. I would love to connect with you. If any of this has landed or if you've been nodding along or going, okay, that sounds really interesting. I'd like to learn more. You can go to HeidiMitro.com. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn um, at Heidi Mitro. And I would, I'd love to connect truly. It's, if it's, if we're not the right fit, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and if we are, I'm going to invite you in. Um, and so get ready. Like this is, this is about transformation. This is about leading from within. And if we're a match, I'm going to, I'm going to invite you in. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be the Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.